Hey everyone, I'm Jack Midkiff and I want to welcome you to my podcast. On this podcast, we're doing things just a little different. Usually I'm sitting with my microphone and coffee and all that, and I love doing that, and I'll be right back at it. But this week, I want to share with you a message that God gave me, and I preached here at the church just a, um, a few weeks ago. And the name of this message is, Life Ain't Fair, So What Are You Gonna Do With It? You know what? A lot of people kind of like, well, this isn't fair and that isn't fair. Well, guess what? Fair is where you go to ride the ponies because <laughs> nobody ever promised you that everything would be fair. But what God did promise is that he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. And when we get that in our, in our knower, I don't know if that's correct or not, but if we get that where we just believe it and we walk in it, I guarantee you, we will walk trusting him and we don't need things to be fair because we have his favor. Hope you enjoy this. I'll be back in just a minute to wrap things up and uh, life ain't fair. What are you going to do? Turn with me to the book of First Samuel, the 30th chapter. First Samuel 30 begins in verse 1 like this. Now it happened... When David and his men came home to Ziklag on the third day, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid of the Negev, the south country, and on Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they had taken captive the women and all who were there, both small and great, they killed no one, but carried them off to be used as slaves and went on their way. When David and his men came to town, it was burned. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had until they were too exhausted to weep any longer. You ever been in that position? That you cried, and you cried, and you cried, and you just couldn't cry no more. You ever lost anything? You ever lost anybody? David found himself in that place. It said, now David's two wives had been captured. Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, Carmelite. Further, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all of them were embittered, each man for his sons and daughters. But David felt strengthened and encouraged in the Lord his God. See, weeping may endure for a night. But joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy comes in the morning. I believe that's where that scripture was in, 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 in just uh, inspired with David. I believe with all my heart that this story is where that scripture was inspired. I don't know that. I'm not studied it. I'm just telling you, 
that once he had cried until he could cry no more and he had to stand and listen to people blame him because he was just doing what God had called him to do. Verse 7 said, David said to Abitar, the priest, Abinelech's son, Please, please bring me the ephod. And Abathar brought him the ephod or ephod, however you say that word. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue the band of raiders? Will I overtake them? And he, capital H, answered him. You know, the Bible says if you ask, you shall receive. If you knock, it'll be open to you. If you seek, you'll find. So David knew that. And he said, pursue. For you will certainly overtake them and you will certainly rescue the captives. So David went. He and the 600 men who were with him and came to the brook Bezor. There those who could not continue, remain behind. But David pursued the Amalekites, he and 400 men, for 200 who were too exhausted to cross the brook of Bezor, stayed behind. They found the Egyptian, they found an Egyptian who had collapsed in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he ate and gave him water and he drank and they gave him a piece of fig cake and two clusters of raisins when he had eaten, his energy returned, for he had not eaten bread or had any water to drink for three days and three nights. David said to him, To whom do you belong and where are you from? He said, I'm a young man from Egypt, a servant of an Amalekite, and my master abandoned me as useless when I fell sick three days ago. We made a raid on the Negev and the Chariotites and on that which belongs to Judah on the Negev of, of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. Then David said to him, Will you take me down to the band of raiders? And he said, Swear to me by God that you will not kill me or turn me over to the hand of my master, and I'll bring you down to the band. When he brought David down, the Amalekites had disbanded and spread all over the land eating and drinking and dancing because all the great spoil that they had taken from the land and the Philistines and from the land of Judah. And David and his men struck them down in battle from twilight until the evening of the next day. And not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken and rescued his two wives Nothing of theirs were missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David recovered it all. So David captured all the flocks and herds which the enemy had, and the people drove animals before him and said, This is David's spoil. David came to the 200 men who were so exhausted that they could not follow him and had been left at the brook Bazor, which with the provisions, they went out to meet David and the, and the people with him. And when he approached the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and the worthless men among those 
who went with David said, Because they did not go with us, we will give them none of the spoil that we have recovered. With David said, Because they did not go with us, we will give them none of the spoil that we have recovered, except that each man may take his wife and children away and leave. See, I'm going to show you something. The difference in somebody that is filled with faith and, 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 the, and someone who relies on their works is an example of that right there. Those that are religious and relying on what they can do will always try to hoard up the extra. But those that rely on God and know that they wouldn't have what they had if it wasn't for God are willing to give to those that were not able to do for themselves. The reason that High Praises Church is where we are today and we are debt free, we're looking at doing different things and moving into our 25th year better than we've ever been financially is because we've never been selfish with what we have. Sometimes people that come and knock on our door or call our number didn't do anything to get us where we are. But when God says be generous, He says be generous. And when you give, the Word says He will give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give to your bosom my children are blessed not because that their daddy's rich but because their father in heaven said if you give and they've been taught to give you are rich today not because maybe something around you all looks circumstantially correct but because you have treasure in heaven that no man can see David said, you must not do so, my brothers. With what the Lord has given us, He has kept us safe. And He has handed over to us the band of Amalekites that came against us. And who will listen to you in regard to this matter? In other words, you selfish fellers, uh -uh, that ain't the way we're working. For For as is the share of him who goes down into battle, so shall his share be who stays by the provisions and supplies they share alike. So from the day forward, and that's another good example that God has no respecter of persons. So from that day forward, he made a statue, I'm sorry, a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day when David came to Ziklag, he, he sent part of the spoil to the elders of Judah, his friends, saying, Here is a blessing gift for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. Now, the name of my message, and I've took ten minutes just reading scripture tonight. But the name of my message tonight is, Life Ain't Fair, But What Are You Gonna Do Now? See, the fact is we all go through disappointments. And it's easy to let what's unfair be an excuse to not pursue our destiny. It's not your fault that you got knocked down. It's not your fault that they came against you. It's not your fault that Satan stole out of your house. But it's your responsibility to get back up. When things unfair happen, you got to go forward in faith. Somebody say amen. 
trust that God will make it up to you. David trusted that God would make it up to him. Now, it's tempting to stay down. It's tempting to live bitter. It's tempting to give up on your dreams. Because you have a good excuse. You may have a good reason. But I got news for you. You don't have the right. Now, Pastor, that's kind of that's harsh. I'm talking to me as well as you. The last six and a half years have been hard years, but I don't have the right to give up on my dream. Because the dream didn't come for me. I'm not living out what I wanted. I'm living out what God wanted. I'm more peaceful than I've ever been because when you find what God wants for you, then peace will come like a river. But I'm not living out what I wanted. I'm living out what He wanted. And then when I seek what He wants, He'll give me what I want. Come on, somebody. Has anybody ever felt that before? But just like the scripture that I preached the Sunday after LaDonna went to heaven. In the book of Psalms. When they had got discouraged and they hanged their harps on the willow tree. The enemy came up and said, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And you know what they did? They got the harp back down. They tuned it up and they kept going. I'm here to tell you tonight that just because you have a good excuse to give up, you don't have the right to give up. God still has a purpose in front of you. He saw what happened. He saw what they did. He saw who left you out. He saw what you lost. But don't put a question mark like, oh, what am I doing? Oh, why did this happen? Oh, what's going next? What's coming next? Don't put a question mark where God put a period. Your last season may be over, but your new season has just begun. You're in your new season. I'm not waiting. I'm not on the brink. I'm not expecting. It's a new season. It's a new day. Today is a day of salvation. See, a major part of faith is trusting when life don't make sense. I said a major part of your faith is trusting God when life don't make sense. We're never going to understand everything that happens. But you can't let a betrayal, you can't let a divorce, you can't let a bad season define the rest of your life. I know it wasn't fair. Fair is where you go to ride the ponies. I know it was painful. I know that it wasn't your fault. But you can't stop there. You have a responsibility to get back up. Well, who do I have a responsibility to? I have a responsibility to my children. I have a responsibility to the ones that God has placed me on this earth to bless and to speak good words of encouragement as a preacher. I have a responsibility because He died for me. And the least I can do is walk through the persecution that I have been given and walk out the other side saying, I have victory, victory, victory is mine. Is it because I feel like it? Is it because I want to say it? It's because I have it because He did it. But you know what that means? That means you got to quit reliving the hurts. Quit thinking about what they did. Stop believing that you've seen your best days. 
I've been guilty of saying that because in my own brain, I can't imagine better days than what we had when LaDonna was here. But I'm not about to let what I think stand in the way of God's Word. He said your latter days will be better than your former days. If they're going to be better than what I had, I can't hardly stand it. But that's what the Word says. You know why? Because God knows how to make it up to you. David came home and his wives and his, his uh, everything in the whole town was gone. But God not only gave back to him what he lost, he gave back to him more than what he had. When he sees you moving forward, when you could be sitting in defeat, you're praising when you could be complaining, you have a smile when you could be depressed, you're being good to somebody even though you've been hurt over and over, you better get ready because God is going to show you out and show out in your life. The enemy meant what the enemy meant for your harm, God's going to turn around it for your good. It wasn't your fault that you got knocked down, but it's your responsibility to get up. The way you move forward in faith is knowing that God is working all things out for your good. It may not have been good. It was unfair. It was hurtful. But God knows how to turn it for your good. He's not going to leave your life in a broken place, in a damaged place, in an unjust place. But He's going to bring you back. In this chapter that we just read, I read it all but three verses. It got into real, some really hard words that didn't really matter, so I left the last couple verses out. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad the bulk of the meat of the chapter was before we got to those. But David was a man that he was totally and completely unsuspected by even the people that loved him. Have you ever felt unsuspected? Nobody really suspected you to do great things in your life. Nobody suspected you to be the CEO of the company. Nobody suspected you to be the lead salesperson. Nobody expected you to be the, the top uh, person in your field, whatever that is. But you trusted God and you've done the right thing and you've paid your tithe and you've, you've showed up to work every day. And God has elevated you. David was a man that the Word says he was a man after God's own heart. The priest came to anoint the new king. His daddy didn't even think enough of his talents to get him out of the field. But it wasn't any other of his brothers that was big and stout and, and whatever and wise. And he said, don't you have any more sons? Because the man of God knew it. He heard from the Lord. And he said, well, I got one more, but it can't be him. But it was. David was doing what he's supposed to do. He came home. Everything was gone. But he trusted the Lord. See, God don't promise us that life will always be fair. Life happens to everybody. 
But it's what you do in unfair times that determine whether we get stuck and let it sour the rest of our life or whether we move forward to see God do something great in us. David was at a critical point in this story. He could have gotten bitter. He could have said, God, I don't understand. How could you let this happen? God, I don't understand why everybody's turning against me. They're wanting to stone me. God, I don't understand why I've lost the job. God, I don't understand why people's walked away from me. I don't understand why people have unfollowed me or whatever that the, the, the devastation might bring you to in this day. If he would have stayed defeated... You think about this. You think about all the stories and all of the, 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 the sermons and all of the examples and all of the time that you've heard about David. I truly believe if he would have stayed defeated and in a defeated mindset, this would have been the last you would have ever heard of David. Don't let the unfair thing that happened to you be the end of you. I won't, if you won't. Let's move forward. He understood this principle. It wasn't his fault that he got knocked down. He had no control over getting knocked down, but he understood that it was his responsibility to get back up. Look at somebody and just tell them, get back up. Get back up. See, on the other side, on the other side of the excuse is expansion. I could give up. I could throw in the towel. I don't have any reason that I can't just sit down. I'm going to give up pastoring a church because God allowed the devil to take my wife. I'm going to give up. I'm going to throw in the I'm going to stop. On the other side of the excuse, you walk into a season that your church is paid for. You walk into a season that, that you, your son gets healed of cancer. On the other side of the excuse, you walk into a new place in your life. Oh, I lost my job. Oh, but on the other side of excuse, I'm going to sit down and and just cry and feel sorry. On the other side of excuse, you step into a, a, a position better than what you've ever had before. Come on, somebody. Don't let an injustice a bad break, a loss, a poor judgment cause you to get discouraged and settle for what you are and where you're at. After David's biggest defeat, listen to me, after David's biggest defeat, after he lost everything, David was made king. See, he was declared king a long time before. But sometimes you know what your call is. Sometimes you know what your position is. But between being told that it's coming and walking into it, there's going to be some ups and there's going to be some downs. There's going to be some good days and there's going to be some bad days. Living by faith is what it's going to take to walk into your purpose. Living by faith is what's going to take to see the prosperity come. Living by faith. And I feel no alarm. Oh, I feel no alarm. 
Oh, I see the things that, my, that should alarm me. I see the things that should discourage me. But I'm living by faith and I feel no alarm because I trust the Word of God. I believe the Word of God. I, I stand on the Word of God. And I feel no alarm. When you face your biggest battles, the most unfair and unjust times, that's a sign that you're closing in on the place where you're going to start seeing your greatest victories. I believe that. I'm standing on that. I'm walking toward that. When you, when, it's a sign when you're closing in on, and, and you're walking out of your biggest defeat and your biggest problem, your biggest time that you've been discouraged and the biggest unfair time in your life, you're about to walk in the biggest accomplishment that you've ever had before in your life. The most rewarding relationships. Hallelujah. My question is this, and I'm about done. My question is not... Was it fair? My question is not, did they do you wrong? My question is not, were you left out? No question that that thing that happened, it wasn't right. That you got knocked down. My question is, are you getting back up? The enemy would love for you to get stuck where you're at. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you a few checkpoints to see if you're stuck where you're at. When you're stuck where you're at, you focus on your hurts. You focus on what they did. You focus on what you didn't get. Don't fall into that trap. I praise this church. Don't fall into that trap, whoever may be hearing this. Your move when life is unfair is go forward in faith. Go forward in faith knowing that God is on the throne. Go forward in faith knowing that God is on the throne and that He's working all things out for your good. Well, I hope that blessed you. I hope that it can be of use to you. If you know someone that's maybe dealing with some of the things I talked about today, share this video with them. Share this podcast. Um, let them know about how good the favor of God is. We don't need fair when we believe and trust in, in who God is. So as we leave you today, I just want to tell you, I, I do get to pastor one of the greatest churches on the planet, I believe, and it's called High Praises Church. We are in Maryville, Tennessee. We um, have lots of things online. Follow us on all the socials. Follow me if you don't uh, follow Jack Midkiff on socials. Do that because I promise you, we will always encourage you. We will always uplift you. We'll never be beaten on you or anything like that because the devil does that enough, right? So I want you to be encouraged and uplifted and, and just face life with an anticipation that, hey, I got this because with you and God, you are stronger than your enemy. You've got more power because you get to use the power of Jesus. So come see us at High Praises Church. Follow all the socials. And I'll see you next time 
on the Jack Midkiff Podcast.